तो फर्स्ट ऑफ ऑल थैंक यू एवरी वन फॉर ज्वाइनिंग टूडेज वर्कशॉप विच इज ऑन बेसिक फोटोग्राफी एंड लेट मी इंट्रोड्यूस माई सेल्फ माई नेम इज सुमित धोपर एंड आई एम ए प्रोफेशनल फोटोग्राफर आई एम डूइंग एक्टिव फोटोग्राफी सिंस टू हम सेवेंटीन एंड लास्ट टू ईयर्स आई एम जस्ट डूइंग दिस वर्कशॉप इनिशली आई स्टार्टेड विद आउटडोर इवेंट्स एंड बिकॉज ऑफ कोविड सिचुएशन आई एम जस्ट ट्रांसफरिंग माई सेल्फ इन टू ऑनलाइन वर्चुअल इवेंट्स so spw online is the part of that spw expedition e learning initiative so it's just a bit of info introduction about myself my name is sumit dhupar and i'm a professional photographer and i'm digital artist i consider myself as professional because uh, i do apply some techniques and uh, tricks uh, of which uh, needs to be done in professional work uh, else it can be a, we can say that's the only difference between a snapshot and the artwork when you apply some techniques so we'll go through some in this uh, photography workshop and i have over 3000 uh, creations in online gallery you can visit uh, on my website and you can find me on my facebook uh, i'm available on zoom so there are many online platforms i'm available uh, you can go through my profile previous work and you can uh, uh, assess that how and uh, how look at how i look at the photography and i am specialized in expressive portrait work so basically uh, my ultimate goal is going into portrait photography and before i do this i prefer myself to get uh, enough uh, taste or we can say enough uh, level for street photography and a street photography for me is the first step when we start thinking about portraits because on streets we'll find different expressions uh, from different peoples and if you understand how you can get a expression then you are in right path and besides that i also do still life work uh, i do nature photography i i like to do macros uh, when i'm allowed to go outside and i also like to spend some time with minimal artwork and i love creating images with canvas art feel so whenever uh, i try to do post processing i try to put some feel where image can be good enough to be placed on a wall uh, if it uh, if someone like to and uh, i also uh, prefer offer uh, my photography services through my website so recently i launched my website smithphotoworld.com and you can visit my website and find out more information about what i'm doing and in the online platform you can find my uh, profile handle it's a sumit photo world please try to avoid typing in between uh, because i got confirmation that i'm audible so let me continue with my workshop thank you so scheduled for today's workshop Uh, we'll have two sessions uh, first session will be 90 minutes and uh, we'll have 30 minutes lunch break and second session will be 60 minutes so don't uh, take it very much uh, stringent uh, what we'll do i'll try to cover the topics in first 90 minutes and then we'll take a lunch break for 30 minutes and the remaining topic uh, it, it can take uh, more than 60 minutes also but i'll try to cover it so i'll not uh, Uh, type myself or restrict myself uh, for the time bounding i'll try to uh, get questions from participants during the workshop and we'll discuss about it and we'll not look on, look for the timeline so please be calm and have a notepad with you uh, 
it can be pen and paper or you can write it on the computer notepad so whenever you uh, have, a, have a question to ask so keep a note uh, of that and we'll discuss it during the post discussion session and try to uh, unmute only when you have question to ask in the middle so if you have any question uh, to ask you can unmute yourself otherwise please keep yourself muted only uh, because un unnecessary noise will coming in the background can disturb the workshop and video sharing camera sharing please not uh, do not turn on it's not allowed and because it can uh, help to get better experience because zoom meeting is totally based on the internet traffic so if you put more load it can impact the performance so try to keep it off we do not require your video or camera sharing so let's proceed and thank you again for joining this workshop so this is our first topic how dslr works so in this presentation you can see uh, image of dslr it's a diagram where we can see image uh, having a dslr uh, in the moment of shooting and when it's a normal state so when there is no uh, lens is not, uh, not uh, open for capturing images so image on the left side where is the shutter is uh, open only for viewing so you can see how the light travels when we are not taking uh, or capturing images so this line you can follow that how it reaches and it can it can uh, just uh, it's a word it's a horizontal line when it uh, start entering the camera and there is a reflex mirror which helps uh, light to redirect towards to the penta prism it's a section penta prism where light or horizontal light uh, reaches there and become and trans reach the viewfinder that's how we can see the image or uh, through the viewfinder or in the modern days camera we have lcd view if you turn on lcd you can't see through the viewfinder because you are looking through the lcd and that that's the normal state but in the moment of shooting you can see the reflex mirror is shifted upward so we say it it is just gone up to let the light reach the sensor so you can see one stripped line in the back so this is the sensor so where uh, the image is getting captured or recorded so when you press shutter release button the reflex mirror go up and let the light reach the sensor where the image will be captured so the longer the shutter speed uh, will be like the long exposure shot it will remain for that much time uh, on the top and let the light reach the sensor and record the image for that period of time we'll discuss it in more detail uh, about the long exposure so this is the just basic structure and uh, overview of a dslr camera so you can understand how dslr works and don't worry you will get all these uh, materials with you uh, after post completion of so whoever joined this workshop i have complete list and you will get it on your mail id so don't uh, worry and try to take a screenshot or try to record session so you will get all this in your hand okay so this session is a to z exposure balance so in this uh, workshop uh, we'll understand how exposure balance works so how it can impact the image quality 
so you you all must have seen or heard about the light meter in photography so light meter is available in the dslr camera and we can use it when we are in manual mode manual mode is this uh, is the camera mode where you will get the correct um, reading of the light and it will it can help you assess the exposure based on where you have set the focal point and what is your metering mode also so how to make your photos lighter and darker we'll take a look uh, in the coming slides camera light meter is not error free so we'll understand why camera light is not uh, error free high uh, contrast scenes can trick your camera so there will be conditions when the uh, subject is in a uh, very dark or light shade and background or can be dark or light shade so there will be in contrast and it can trick your camera and it can impact the overall exposure also uh, using composite exposure compensation in different shooting modes so we'll understand how we can use the ex exposure compensation in different shooting modes exposure compensation is available only available when you're shooting in cameras program aperture priority or shutter priority modes so exposure compensation this button plus minus uh, button you have seen in the screen uh, there are a few examples from different devices canon nikon and fuji so on these device you can see uh, the button is there uh, and in fuji we have complete dial 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 button here so in the dial button you can adjust the exposure compensation so these uh, expo this uh, exposure compensation uh, function only works i have again muted all please try to understand uh, there are many participants here who are waiting and uh, we have to complete the workshop in a good manner so everyone can understand and they can get the details what they are looking for and if you have any question keep a note of it and at the end you can put in the chat chat box so we can discuss in more details and you can send email also on my email id and you will find it you will get your answer that's uh, that's not a problem so exposure compensation is uh, only available uh, if you are shooting in cameras program mode aperture priority mode or shutter priority mode so these modes are only supporting exposure compensation so if you are in uh, manual mode you will find uh, that uh, it is not working or giving you correct uh, image what you are looking for okay so now we'll tell about uh, how exposure adding exposure value works so a plus setting will make your image brighter than the standard exposure so if you see the sample image here of the vase flower vase you can see if i'm adding value here adding the exposure here plus 1 plus 2 it's making the image look brighter and white looks pure white so that's the limitation of a camera sensor that uh, it always see the uh, subject as a gray and we have to help the uh, camera to see white as a white and black as a black and we, that's where the exposure com compensation come into play so while minusing the uh, while, while minus settings makes the image darker so if you see when we do minus 1 minus 2 the image looking more darker and darker with each movement up or down the scale the recorded as a stop so when we do 
प्लस वन और माइनस वन और एडिंग वैल्यू और टेकिंग आउट वैल्यू सो इट इज अ स्टॉप सो इन द कैमरा वर्ल्ड वील कॉल दिस इज ए स्टॉप और एन इंक्रीमेंट देर ऑफ एडजस्टमेंट विल डबल और हाफ द एक्सपोजर सो वेन एवर वी आर एडिंग वैल्यू इट कैन डबल द एक्सपोजर और हाफ द एक्सपोजर बट मोस्ट कैमरा ऑफर्स इंटरमीडिएट हाफ स्टॉप और थर्ड स्टॉप इंक्रीमेंट फॉर मोस्ट सटल एडजस्टमेंट सो देर आर एडवांस एडवांस टेक्नोलॉजी कैमरा वेयर दे कैन ऑफर यू इंक्रीमेंट हाफ स्टॉप और थर्ड स्टॉप इंक्रीमेंट very uh, so marginal uh, increment or uh, reduction in exposure you can observe so the image you can see with the dark background uh, it looks more uh, dramatic when we uh, do the uh, reduction in the exposure like we have done minus 3 exposure value so you can see the background is very minimal visible and uh, it's making image look more uh, dynamic whereas in the image with the uh, on the right side you can see the exposure of minus 2 uh, is not good enough but still we can see the background is completely or we can we can uh, differentiate the background and the subject so i have just allowed participants to unmute if you have any question in between during the presentation So now we understand about DSLR camera modes. Uh, in DSLR, we have P, S, A, and M modes. So these modes call uh, as a exposure modes because uh, they are basically designed to give you better exposure. And M mode is the exception. So we'll understand why. Shooting modes fall into three categories: auto, so auto scene, and P, S, A, and M modes. in auto and scene modes the camera controls shutter speed and aperture uh, this is this these modes are designed to control the shutter speed and aperture and that's why we call these as a semi modes also psa and m modes are also known as exposure modes and give photographer a choice as to which element of exposure aperture or shutter speed they wish to control so when we talk about exposure triangle so the two parts are aperture and shutter speed so they play major role to decide how exposure will be and what kind of exposure you are looking for in your frame so now we'll just go in bit details of these uh, modes mode p programmed mode so as you understand that programmed when we say programmed so it's a, there are programming in place so but we can control both aperture and shutter speed in this mode but what will happen if we change shutter speed aperture will change automatically to compensate the light but if we change aperture the shutter speed will change automatically to compensate the light so ultimately the exposure will be always in balanced state so you will have good shadows good highlight nothing over exposed nothing over exposed and nothing under and nothing over so that's how the image will look more balanced and mostly i prefer this mode for a record shot so in photography we call the shots in a record or final shots record shots will be where we want everything in the good exposure and we'll assess the uh, camera settings for the uh, programmed mode 
and then we'll play around the settings in the manual mode to get the creative work what we're looking for so photographer can choose from different combination of aperture and shutter speed that will produce the same exposure so it's up to you what kind of creativity you want you want a large high shutter speed or low shutter speeds up to up to your need for that image and you can play with the different combinations and this is known as a flexible program mode also because it is very flexible and it can be used in any genres of photography in any light condition mode s tv so in uh, mode s is a when we say mode s or tv both are shutter priority mode in nikon we call a shutter priority mode as a s in the in the dial button you can see as the s is the symbol for shutter priority in uh, canon it is a tv so tv mode when we say it's a shutter priority again but uh, in the canon world we'll call shutter priority as a tv mode so in the shutter priority mode photographers can choose the shutter speed and the camera automatically adjust the aperture for optimal exposure so that's why we call this as a semi mode and in mode a also those the same function a mode a av so a mode a is in nikon and av in canon so again it's aperture priority and here we can adjust the aperture only and shutter speed will be adjusted by the camera to get optimal exposure and here comes the manual mode so this is the key uh, so we, yeah i just want to understand like uh, when we should use shutter priority or the aperture priority like uh, how how we should uh, use it we should use shutter priority or aperture priority so it's it's a totally your uh, Uh, depend on the subject and the surrounding the condition what kind of photography you are doing like uh, in aperture priority we prefer to do uh, photography portrait photography wildlife photography uh, we we do street photography and prefer to do with the aperture priority because aperture priority uh, when we when we select any mode we have to prioritize that what what we are looking for like in aperture priority when we are talking about apertures it deciding the depth of field nothing else you can you have different aperture setting and the more lower f number you will go the wider aperture you will get in shallow depth of field so anything behind the subject will be blurred or you can get good bokeh so it's your it's your need that what kind of photography you are doing in portrait photography will prefer aperture because the aperture at the starting uh, two or three stop like uh, if you have a lens with 1.8 so the sharpest point will be somewhere around 3.5 so sweet sports you will learn about sweet sweet sports uh, when you study more about the camera how it works so in camera we will call one term sweet sports so in sweet sports uh, we always say the lens having uh, the minimal aperture value the two three stops after that will be your speed sweet stop in terms of aperture in terms of focal length somewhere in the middle for 1855 i find out my sweet spot was 35 mm so this is the kind of uh, calculations we do as a professional photographer we uh, take all this in in our account to get the best quality image with the best uh, with the available uh, equipments we have
all lens have their own limitations so if you want to select uh, aperture priority mode so i'll prefer when there is a good light condition if you have good light condition you understand that at any aperture your shutter speed will not go down because your camera is deciding for the optimal exposure so if you are in not in good light condition like in the evening time and if you are using aperture priority mode you will find a situation when your shutter speed is going very low to compensate the light and you will find by the time you take the shot you will see everything is blurred and because of handshake and you need a tripod for that to to take out the handshake so all these things you you should consider selecting your uh, modes aperture priority or shutter priority whatever so, okay thank you yeah so i hope it's clear now so you will be more equipped next time when selecting the modes yeah definitely so now we are in the uh, very the most uh, interesting part of this workshop uh, that manual mode so our goal is to come into the manual mode but uh, we have to understand how and when we can reach it so the photographer chooses both aperture and shutter priority providing the greatest latitude for creative expressions so this is the where we have all control on the device we can select the aperture we can select the shutter speed so it's not the camera we are deciding the optimal exposure or the creative exposure i say so i decide that how much light i need in the frame it's not the camera choosing the wrong com wrong combination could give uh, bad results or like the images where the image is very overexposed or underexposed so try to play with the combination and i always require uh, re advised when you are learning and when you are new to the photography world try to take record shot first with the program mode and play around the settings so you will see that you are learning so fast and you will feel more confident confident only comes when you are getting better better results bad images don't give confidence and uh, i always advise when you see someone works if you don't like it then say don't like it don't appreciate anything because that can give wrong information someone who is serious about their photography and maybe following the wrong path so we therefore recommend uh, using the camera exposure indicators as a guide when choosing aperture and shutter speed so when you are in manual mode always follow the light meter a light meter will help you uh, assess the exposure it gives you the correct value and you can uh, so you will find a position when uh, you are just looking at the light meter after changing the settings and all so it becomes a, in your habit to look at the light meter when you are in manual mode in all three modes esna exposure is automatically adjusted for optimal results so that's what we have learned here in the exposure modes so these are semi modes p s and a and all exposure will always be always will be the optimal if you are in a place where you don't have much time for playing with the camera settings try to be in these modes semi modes at least you will get a record shot uh, with the good exposure instead of losing the uh, frame auto focus versus manual focus 
so one of the most confusing aspects can figure can be figuring out when you should use manual focus versus it's a when it's a better to use an auto focus mode so you must have seen the focusing modes in your camera settings uh, where we have afs afc afa we'll see in more details in coming slides so these these pictures just give you an idea how the settings look like on a cam on a camera uh, lcd autofocus mode is when where the camera determines uh, the sharpest focus using sensors that are devoted to measuring the focus of the scene so when uh, when you place your focal point on subject and press the shutter release button halfway you will see that camera is trying to calculate the focus so once the square box become green it's the uh, it assume that subject is in sharp focus so that's uh, so when your camera is on focusing on a subject and square becomes green it assume that uh, subject is in sharp focus and you can take your shot so which focus mode you are in so how you will determine i'm in manual focus i'm in auto focus so how you will understand so there are uh, different mechanism available uh, camera device and in the settings so we'll understand to see which focus mode you are currently in press the info button on your camera so when you press the info button you will get a screen like this which is showing here right now so i have taken an example from the nikon on the left and canon on the right so however the focus mode set, uh, setting might be displayed using an icon or, or the initials af and mf af is autofocus mf is manual focus so you can find this button on the device also af and F, mf uh, and on the on the lens we'll see in uh, that how it they look on the lens also sometimes you can set the focus mode on the interchangeable lens by sliding uh, a switch moving between auto focus and manual focus so be careful whenever you are using the switches on the camera uh, make sure uh, you you will be always on the auto focus on the camera settings uh, to to uh, to avoid any problem where you'll see that uh, camera is not focusing if you set a camera settings manual focus and on the lens uh, you are trying to change uh, focus settings then it will not work so try to control the uh, focusing uh, from the lens when available so manual focus with manual focus you are going to use the palm of your hand to cup the lens so i don't have device i can show you just uh, you can you can make your hand like this and place your camera like that so try to give you stability and keep your elbow near to your body so if you keep it near to your body it will be more stable and there will be very less uh, handshake and you can get stable stable photo so then then use your left hand fingers to slightly twist the focus rings so all lens have the focus rings so try to use it the cam flange uh, hold the camera like that and when you are using the other hand to hold it so keep your fingers on the around the rings so you can move it slightly so that's how you can get a good quality image even in the manual focus holding the camera properly is the key aspect of 
making use of manual focus sturdy tripod is recommended for manual focus so it is always advised to use tripod when you are using manual focus auto focus it's a single servo uh, when we say single servo it means that uh, it's a focusing only once afs and we'll see in more details uh, so when subject is stationary and the focus locks so when the shutter shutter is pressed halfway so if you are in afs and you press the shutter halfway the focus will be locked as soon as the it's uh, on the subject when you see the square box uh, becoming green it will lock and it will not refocus even subjects uh, move further away or come near to you the focus will remain on that uh, point on that particular distance so make sure subject is not doing uh, too much movement uh, so you could not lose the focus afc is continuous servo so when we say continuous servo it it means that camera is keep calculating the focus on the subject so where your focal point is so if you are keeping your focal point on a person who is coming to you or going further away to, uh, to from you uh, the camera will make sure by the time you press the shutter release button fully pressed you pressed Uh, the person will be in full focus even if the person is moving so it's good for moving subjects but you have to keep your focal point on the subject that's the key and as the auto uh, auto focus continuously can, uh, can adjust efa so auto servo is the combination of both afc and afs but it's a uh, auto mode and camera is deciding when it can be in the auto mode or when it can be in the uh, afs when it can be in the afc because it's in full auto mode uh, you don't have control to tell your camera this is a stationary subject or this is a moving subject so camera is deciding with the movement if person stays for few seconds still camera will think that it's a stationary subject and it can shift into the afs if a person is keep moving camera will think that it's a moving subject and it will stay on the afa so be careful when you are in using afa photo mode for focusing it's not advised actually shutter speed uh, so now we'll just go through bit details for the each modes shutter speed is a measurement of the time the shutter is open so many photographers shutter say the shutter speed as or term the shutter speed as exposure value or exposure time so the time you allow your camera sensor to keep open it can show in the seconds or fraction of seconds like the value showing here uh, one second one as uh, it's showing the one second so when you don't see uh, the 1 by 2 1 by 4 kind of figures so only one digit is showing it's in the seconds and in the camera you can have long exposure of 30 seconds at the max or you have to go in the bulb mode uh, if you want to take longer exposure than that so the faster the shutter speed the shorter the time the image sensor was exposed to the light so the amount of time you are allowing your camera to exposed to the light it means camera can capture the lights so that will be the exposure time or shutter speed the slow the slower the shutter speed the longer the time the image sensor was exposed to the light so if you are using slow shutter speed you are 
it means you are letting the camera to open for longer period or longer time to uh, capture the light so you can see the image below uh, one is image on the left is captured with the fast shutter speed and image on the right captured uh, at the slow shutter speed so the background is uh, similar if you see uh, and uh, it looks same on the both images but the person uh, if the fast shutter speed is showing person is static uh, still and uh, on the slow shutter speed you can see the person is looking blurred so it's a very creative work we can say sometimes we with purpose do this uh, for the creative photography but that's how the shutter speeds can impact the image and this is the dial button uh, this is from the nikon how we see the dial button and uh, s mode uh, will be looking like this and sh shutter speed sample values as i said we can go as low as 30 seconds so this is the 30 the lowest value available for shutter speed and at the high we can have 1 by 4000 some device supports 1 by 8000 so that's how the shutter speeds we can play with so these are uh, these are the values where we can change by one step so when we go one uh, uh, shutter speed range to other range so that we call as step so choosing shutter speed one step faster than the current shutter speed by for example changing the shutter speed from 1 by 60s to 1 by 25s is referred to as increasing the shutter speed one step and half the amount of time shutter is open so when we increase the shutter speed it is reducing the time for shutter uh, sensor to keep open to capture the light and choosing a shutter speed one step slower than the current shutter speed uh, it likes so we are having a shutter speed of uh, 1 by 25 it's just opposite above, above and uh, now making it to 1 by 60 so what we are doing we are slowing the shutter speed and slowing the shutter speed by one step double the amount of time the shutter is open so if you are reducing the shutter speed it is just allowing the more light to open by keeping the sensor open for double time so the longer the shutter speeds the the longer the time you will have for the exposure so if you are using nikon dslr camera shutter speed changes in one by three steps some model also supports increment of one step and one by two steps so half steps so that's how the shutter value can uh, changed so now we are into aperture so this is very interesting uh, aperture aperture mode is is the favorite for most photographers in portrait photography world we try to be on aperture a priority mode because it gives us more uh, crisp image with good bokeh so aperture controls the brightness of the image that passes through the lens and falls on the image sensor it is expressed as an f number so when you see uh, the exif settings camera settings with the f number that's aperture so f is slash followed by a number so you can see the examples how the f number looks like f 1.2 f2 f 2.8 so all these are aperture numbers and the small f number means the large aperture 
the large f number means small aperture so when people get confused between small aperture large aperture so to try to keep it simple when you say large aperture it is small f number it's a wide angle we can say and when uh, no i just uh, said opposite when it's a large f number uh, it's a small aperture and you can uh, when you can see the small hole here so it means it's allowing very minimal light to come in but it's making sure everything is in focus so exposure is uh, depth of field is so good so it can ca it can show the subject in focus right in front to the till the subject right in behind so everything is in focus and if you see the other example on the right side small f number we have wide aperture here or large aperture so i kept this uh, focus for the box in the middle and you can see the box is behind and in front or out of focus so that's how the depth of field plays here very shallow depth of field and people use it beautifully in portrait photography to get some creative work so the distance in front of and behind the focus point that appears to be in focus is referred to as depth of field so whatever distance you will get Uh, behind the subject and in front of the subject that is depth of field so be careful there are many duff calculator available in the play store try to make a habit of using duff calculator that will give you more control on the aperture priority mode and you understand why we should use aperture priority mode in a particular uh, shooting conditions like street photographers like to be on aperture priority mode and good light in good uh, lighting condition aperture priority is good friend so because you don't need to worry about the shutter speed and you will always get a good shutter speed when the light condition is good and it will give you a zone in street photography there is a terminology called zone so the zone is nothing but a aperture value what we are using for the uh, particular day so that's how the aperture looks like on a dial button a, a you can say alphabet here so that's a nikon uh, camera dial plan dial button and f numbers how f numbers looks like in the settings so you can see uh, you can see many uh, device uh, lenses supports as low as 1.4 and as high as f32 and again if we change f number from one to other that will be called as one step so raising the f number one step is referred to as stopping aperture down a step so it means we are just raising the aperture value and raising the f number so it means we are increasing so if we are in f2 and raising to f2.8 so it's stopping aperture down a step it means it's a stopping light and a stepping aperture down in f number or stepping aperture down a f number stopping and stepping it's all different terminology for the same uh, uh, process or technique what we are doing here this halves the area of the aperture or opening and halving the brightness of the image that falls on the image sensor so it's reducing the light if we are raising the f number 
but lowering the f number by one step is referring us stopping the aperture up so in above you can see it was down and here it's up so it's letting more light to come in by lowering the f number so if you see the light is not coming good but then you can reduce the f number and it'll let you uh, it'll give you more light on the subject this doubles the area of the aperture or opening doubling the brightness of the image that falls on the image sensor so that's how the uh, f number plays a major role uh, in a controlling the light so it's a very good uh, and uh, if you have good control on the aperture then you'll very rarely miss a shot and you will understand that how the depth of field can be uh, beautifully or creatively creative results you can get if you are using nikon dslr camera <coughs> sorry if you are using nikon dslr camera shutter speed changes one by three steps and some models also supports increments of one step and one by two steps so there's an error in the uh, this slide so it's not shutter speed, it's a aperture so it's a the, the terminology seems and uh, this is the name changes here the shutter speed and aperture both work same way in the in terms of uh, changing values but shutter speeds as we understand it's only about uh, long exposure short exposure so exposure time and aperture is only about depth of field and how the light uh, you allow reaching the sensors so many people call uh, aperture as a uh, eye for the lens so because if if you see the example image here for small aperture and large aperture it looks like eye only so in the small aperture so you will open very less eye so light will be coming very less and in the large aperture, large aperture eye will be full open and more lights reaching to the camera sensor so in exposure triangle the third parameter or the third point is the iso so ISO is a really good uh, and bad in both terms. If you understand how ISO can impact image on a lens, on your lens, uh, on on your device, then uh, it is good for you. If you don't understand, then it can give you bad results also. So try to understand how ISO works on your device. So on all all devices, ISO behaves differently. That's how the device cost also defined. Uh, High-end professional device have more control on the ISO than the entry-level device. But nowadays the standard is very high. Even on the entry-level device also, I've seen good results. So definition is ISO sensitivity is a measure of the camera's ability to capture the light. So the it means that uh, your camera has ability to sense the light and ISO is working in the back end to let your camera sense the light so if iso a high your camera can sense more light it can see the particles which you can't see with your natural eyes but uh, if you take a picture and capture then you'll see some artifacts in the image uh, we call it as a noise so these are the particles which you can't see but the camera can capture it digital cameras convert the light that falls on the image sensor into electrical signals for processing. ISO sensitivity. <laughs> so 
ISO sensitivity is raised by amplifying the signal. In the other words, uh, the, if ISO sensitivity is raised from ISO 100 to ISO 200 while the aperture is left unchanged, then what will happen? If you change the ISO from 100 to 200 and you don't change the uh, value of aperture, anyone can uh, guess what will happen? It is written there. So it's the expo is the uh, shutter speed. It'll just uh, divide, double the shutter speed. So why? Because it is allowing more light uh, reaching the sensor, and when sh camera sends more light to make the exposure balance, it'll increase the shutter speed. So if you are seeing that uh, uh, you are not getting handheld shutter speed. And then you will have opportunity to increase the ISO a bit and you can get the good handheld shutter speed. So handheld shutter speed is nothing but the focal length of your lens. It means if you are using 50mm lens, uh, then your handheld shutter speed will be 1 by 50 or above. In camera, we don't have speed shutter speed of 1 by 50. We have 1 by 60. So 1 by 60 is your starting point for handheld uh, photography. So likewise in uh, large uh, focal length cameras like uh, uh, 500, 600, so that'll be your handheld shutter speed. So most of the time you will see wildlife photographers carrying big tripods to hold those lenses. So not always possible to keep it uh, on uh, handheld for that, man, that heavy lenses because when the light is not good, you'll have to use the tripod. So if you raise ISO sensitivity, you can choose faster shutter speed and reduce the camera blur. So what we call a shake, handshake or camera shake or blur, so all, all means same. This is why people say that ISO sensitivity should be raised if lighting is poor. So many people say when lighting is not good, so raise the ISO. But be careful when uh, you are raising ISO, it can bring the artifacts and noise. So when the noise level is high, it's very difficult to make that image usable. No flash, low, uh, low light photography. So you, these are the examples when a photographer using a flash and without flash with a high ISO. So how you can see the image quality. So it can work for you, depends on the um, subject and the surroundings around you. So you see that photo taken with flash is having good subject in good exposure and the back end you can see everything is dark so very rarely you can see uh, anything in the background and image on the right you can see photo taken without flash but ISO is high so ISO high making the subject also coming in good focus but the ambient light coming from the background is also getting captured here So flash units, however, uh, have limited range. So the flash is having limited range. So if there is a uh, condition where uh, you can't have the subject in your flash range, then you have to use the high ISO to capture the frame. If you raise high ISO sensitivity, you can optimally expose both the portrait subject and the background without using the flash at all. So if you are raising high ISO, you can get subject in the background ambient light 
without using flash. So this is the, the noise, how it looks like at different uh, ISO value. Raising ISO sensitivity allows faster shutter speeds, reducing blur uh, caused by the subject or the camera movement. But in fact, raising the ISO sensitivity can introduce a type of image artifact known as noise. So when we see these particles in an image, these are called uh, noise uh, in photography world. And But these are the artifacts in the air which are captured because uh, we have raised the ISO enough so camera can see these particles. So making them seeming grainy. So it can be creative work uh, if you know how to make, a, make it usable. Like uh, most of the time photographers would do, uh, they capture the scene. It's a good uh, scene where uh, story is covered, but there is a high noise. So what we can do, we can convert the image into black and white. So that's the best technique uh, for the photographer to use the make the image looking ordinary to and make it extraordinary by just making it into black and white. So in black and white, it will give you some uh, vintage look. Uh, and uh, because it's a story which is telling in the uh, image and it will be appreciated definitely. And you can manage with the or survive with the high ISO in a black and white. Uh, conversion only many people try to do um, noise reduce uh, the noise level in photoshop and other photo editing softwares noise reduction is good but it can helps only in a subtle condition where you have very lim uh, limited high noise uh, limited or we can say uh, minimal noise in the frame which can easily be treated in the Photoshop. If there is really high noise, noise, then uh, details will be lost. So most of the time you will not, uh, you will find that image is not looking good after a reduction. So try to find a point where you can capture the image at the minimal noise, which you can recover in the post-processing. So that you will uh, get idea after taking images at different noise level in different light conditions. Raising ISO sensitivity amplifies the electrical electronic uh, signal, which also amplify any noise in the signal. So as a result, the higher the ISO, the sens uh, ISO sensitivity, the more obvious the effects of noise on your photograph. So if you are amplifying the noise by raising ISO, so obviously the more artifacts will be visible. And uh, there is one uh, term also, if you zoom in, uh, like in macro photography and all so if you are zooming in and raising the high ISO then also the particles will be easily uh, seen or it can uh, make the image look uh, unusable so try to make sure you have control on the ISO and you tested it before taking a final shot the same is true for all digital cameras we recommend that you raise ISO sensitivity only as high as needed to avoid blur so this is the key here so try to use iso at the minimal so just to get uh, the frame and without blur so when you reach that uh, handheld shutter speeds then don't raise that iso level iso sensitivity can be set manually by the photographer or automatically by the camera so you can have option of uh, auto iso 
but be careful by default the auto high iso will give you very high value for iso so but we can we have a option to limit the settings out for auto iso like you can set the shutter speed and that it will not go below shutter below that level so you will not have handshake and you will understand that uh, uh, your camera do not support that much high iso value so you can set the limit for high iso value also so it will not try increase the iso level after reaching that value so like uh, for example if your camera supports a good iso at iso 400 so you can set the value for iso uh, maximum at uh, 400 iso and minimum shutter speed will be somewhere around uh, by 200 so your you will be in auto iso but your camera will only do calculation for that so if you have a, a condition where light is good you will find that camera is taking very low iso uh, images also which you can't set manually i have seen this in my entry level device where my where my camera took a image of uh, less than 1 by 100 which are actually not possible in normal condition. So that's how you can use the ISO in your favor. Now we are into focusing modes. Uh, one shot focusing mode. So we have learned few tips uh, or few few things about the focusing modes in previous slides. Uh, now we'll see in more details for focusing mode. So one shot focusing modes. This is one shot AF in Canon so when we are in Canon world we'll say this as a one shot and in Nikon it referred to us as AFS which represents single focus capabilities so it means when you are uh, capturing shutter release button halfway uh, your camera is uh, focusing once once a subject is in full focus it will stop refocusing or recalculating the focus so in this mode when you depress the shutter release halfway the camera shutter camera focuses on the subject just once there's a no continuous adjustment so it'll not recalculate we are just nothing so once it's focused it's locked so this mode saves the battery power and is ideal for subject that's aren't moving so if your subject aren't moving try to be on afs so most of the time on my personal I always prefer to be on AFS because I know uh, I select the subject and I know where it can be on good focus so I don't need to refocus again and again unless I'm tracking the subject I'm using 3D tracking and function which tracks the subject so unless that I, I don't prefer uh, to do uh, continuous focusing unless there is special demand so because it will help me save the battery so I can use, take, take more shots in the uh, same battery. So that's how the focal point looks like on a viewfinder. And you see that one large box in the middle, that's the focal point. So we can move this focal point anywhere the sensor uh, allows. So like we have many focal points uh, combinations in, a, in, a, in our device, uh, 9, 11, 30, 52, some, something like that. So we can have depth that many focus focal points. But in single focal point, we can have only single active sensor. These are the sensors uh, we have uh, on the device. 
and we can see this on the through the viewfinder and where we will cap our focal point this sensor will be active for focusing so the 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 point in the middle uh, considers to be the more more powerful sensor and it it can give you more accurate accurate results and how the afs afc and the focusing settings looks like in the camera setting you can see what we have seen before also in the camera settings continuous focusing mode ai servo af and afc nikon so in nikon we'll call this as afc in canon it's ai servo so if you see ai servo setting in canon that's nothing but the continuous focusing mode and this mode is mostly useful for keeping um, moving subject or moving subject object sharp within the viewfinder as you track this object so as i said we are tracking the uh, subject so we have to use it to make the subject and to to get the subject in sharp focus in continuous focusing mode the camera detects the subject movements and refocus accordingly to keep the subject uh, sharp as a tag so when we are in continuous focusing mode it's keep calculating the focusing so by the time when we fully press the shutter release button it takes the final calculation of focus this mode uses a lot of battery power because it continuously focusing and refocusing so because we are letting camera to do recalculate focusing so it takes more battery power and it can uh, it can make your battery to go drain very fast if you are keep shooting in the continuous focusing mode and how the uh, how it looks on the camera settings afc yeah. on the nikon screen you can see here and ai servo on the canon you can see that's how it look like in the camera settings automatic auto focus mode so as i said afa so where camera decides which uh, when it will be afs and when it will be in afc mode so this is ai focus in canon and afa in nikon so this is the default auto focus mode on cameras that have this feature you have to remember that photography can be an art and in art you have to go with what's in your mind's eye so so it's all about your vision a creative vision how you see the things and how you want to capture some sometime we want some elements in the background with purpose to be out of focus just to add some hint of their presence not uh, we don't want to show them in full vis full visibility we want to just make them a viewer make the viewer feel that something in the background so that's how we can play with the focusing and we can just point the focal point on the uh, part where we want to be show the details like uh, in a macro photography or in bird photography wildlife photography in portrait photography we want to have the eyes in the sharp focus so we want to viewer to see the details in eye so be careful when you are you shooting any live subject try to focus on the eye for the subject to get the details uh, on and around the eyes and in portrait uh, there is a thumb rule to keep the 
focus on i and keep the shutter i uh, keep the aperture 5.6 uh, so 5.6 aperture is the value where most of the time uh, you will get a few inches uh, in front and few inches in behind uh, the focal uh, your depth of field so that's how a complete human face can be uh, captured with details and if you are in auto focus mode then it can give you bad results sometime so try to be in uh, in control of focusing modes uh, so you understand which uh, element or object you are trying to focus so this mode maintains the focus if you change the subject or subject moves manual focusing modes this is the key for any photographer to reach next level so if you understand how you can beautifully use the manual focus and then you are into professional photography so this is mf in nikon which stands for manual focus and on many lenses you would see af and mf switch for focus mode selection so in the on the lens also in the image you can see there is a button af and mf this is on lens so this is focusing ring which we talk about earlier and these uh, these buttons can help you control the focusing modes right from the lens manually focusing uh, the camera is perhaps the most frustrating barrier between the good and great photography so it 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 is frustrating sometimes because uh, uh, it's not always easy to get the subject in good focus and with manual focus if you take it very uh, seriously it takes it takes it takes more effort but uh, once you get a hold of it then you will feel more uh, control on your device and you will get more better results like in macro photography we prefer to do with manual focusing it's difficult to do uh, depth of field calculation with macro because that that the, it will be very shallow and even if you are using extension tubes that will make more shallow depth of field so that's where the manual focusing coming into play achieving perfect focus requires using the distance measurement on the lens barrel and even perhaps measuring the distance from the lens to the subject with the tape measures this is this will give you the most accurate focus point so many photo professional photographers do carry measurement tapes with them uh, on the field when uh, they find subject they calculate the distance using the measurement tape and then they feed in the settings uh, exif settings with the distance uh, accurate distance on the duff calculator to find out where the uh, calculation uh, will get the subject in complete details and uh, with the required depth of field so that's how the calculation takes place in the field and you can see on the info screen you can uh, you can have the mf symbol here for the manual focus and this uh, button if you see here this is on the device not on the lens this is on the device many device supports a uh, um, autofocus selection button where we can set the device into af and mf so be careful when you are playing with the this uh, amf mf uh, so yeah, autofocus and manual focus 
and uh, make sure on the settings uh, try to be on always uh, uh, auto focusing mode only so your camera uh, device will be on always on auto focus and use the lens for uh, change switching between the focus when possible if not then uh, turn go with the settings using the info screen so you will have more control so once you be, become habitual of using the button then on, then you can always rely on the button also manual focusing modes so manual focusing modes there is a adapter adjustment on most dslrs it's next to viewfinder uh, it's next to viewfinder that lets you make minute adjustment to the focusing capability or focusing capacity based upon any irregularities in your eyes so if you have a uh, some good number of glass specs glass so you can't see the things uh, very near or very far clearly so you you will find this adapter adjustment on the device so you don't need to use glass when you are taking uh, capturing images using dslr camera so that will let you uh, use the camera without using your specs so you will have more control you can also use depth of field preview button to help determine uh, focus but this is more advanced technique so there is a pv button over here in the device you can see on screen so this pv button what it will do it will show you the final image so after capture so when you set aperture uh, for depth of field you capture the image then only you will see the uh, result how the uh, bokeh is coupling into the image but if you press this pv button it will show you the live that how it will the final image will work uh, will look like that's a preview button we uh, we can uh, find on the device if supporting so manual focus is essential when you focus on a non traditional subject so as we discussed earlier manual focus focus is only advised when the subject is stationary or non traditional subject we can say uh, what i can give you example for this uh, i do manual focusing for macro photography and uh, sometimes uh, we have to use manual focusing because uh, depth of field is very low so that's the one condi one condition uh, here and there could be another another scenario when your your lens is or camera is not able to focus you will find a condition when uh, you you are not able to focus so you'll keep uh, try to calculate focus but camera not let you focusing so it means it's not making the square box green so you think that is not focusing many uh, in in my uh, auto workshops many students came and say that i try to focus on this particular subject but camera is not letting me focus and uh, most of the time it was the surroundings around that and the light condition so if you reduce the aperture or make the make the aperture more wide uh, with small f number like if you are on f Nine, then make it to f eight, f seven, and you will see that now camera starts focusing. So because 
there was not enough light for uh, camera to uh, see the subject or differentiate between the subject and the background so when background and foreground is busy and dominating then you will find very difficulty to uh, focus so try to use manual focus when camera stops focusing and you don't have good night good light also around that so there there you can there you can give, get a benefit of manual focus focus indicators blinking keeps work even when you are in manual focus mode of lens camera which is visible in viewfinder only so if you have nikon camera there is this small blinky blinky uh, spot uh, you can see on the through the viewfinder which keeps blink when the su subject is not in focus but when you get the subject in good focus it will stop blinking and it will become constant so that that uh, feature works in manual mode also but how it works you have to presume that you are in not in manual mode it, even if uh, in the settings you have set the manual you are pressing the shutter halfway button and keeping the subject in focus it will make that blinky stop so that's the trick actually it's a good tip and i I've, i've learned it by doing self practicing and then uh, one day i try to focus on a subject in the manual mode and i keep looking at the blinking that how it behaves and i found that it stop blinking when i Uh, get the subject in good focus and i press the shutter release halfway also so that's a trick and in canon it beeps when you are in manual mode on a canon device uh, it beeps uh, when the subject is getting full focus when you are focus using manual focus ring so if you are focusing manually on a canon device it beeps it it, it, it will not show any blinking but it will beep so that is the signal that your subject is in focus and i have tested it in the on the field and it works really well so most of the time except extreme low light condition so when the light condition extremely low you can't even really see the subject clearly with your natural eyes then it's very difficult uh, to get uh, to get the sharp focus on the subject so this could help you get the subject in tag sharp focus when having manual focus on so it means uh, you have to assume that uh, that subject is in getting in good focus and you can capture it but manual focus only will be able to give you better results so try to assume that subject is getting in good focus and take a few shots and you will see one of the picture is getting in good sharp focus but uh, in natural with naturalize it's very difficult sometimes when the light condition is really poor in this last session we will just talk about compositions how we uh, how we work with compositions how we start compositions in uh, photography so whenever we talk about composition techniques uh, it's a rule of third which always come into our mind this is the basic rule of, uh, rule for composition but still uh, having more impact uh, than compare than any other Uh, composition rules will have so whenever i start doing photography i try to place my subject around rule of thirds so we'll see how it works and how it looks on the field uh, this is one of the most talked about composition techniques perhaps because it is so simple to implement but also because of what it suggests 
all uh, you need to do is to divide your frame vertically into three equal parts uh, and uh, horizontally into three equal parts so how it looks so the lines will look like this how you see in the image here by placing your subject on one of the four focal four points where these di dividing lines meet so where they cross each other these are we call intersection points or uh, focal points so we have to keep our subjects around these focal points so you will encourage the viewer away from yours from the center of the frame uh, this forces them to look around the image and makes your composition more interesting so when we see an image we it's a it's a scientific reason behind it so when we see an image we try to look around these focal points so you can see i have i've kept one for one focal point around the eye of this owl and this vertical line just right on the subject so i'm keeping this uh, subject on the basis of rule of third and when we see this image we always try to look at the whole uh, body of the owl the structure and we also observe the eye so my intention here as a photographer is so when we were looking at this image they'll look at the owl first they and they check the details and then hold their eye on the eye of owl so this uh, makes the image more impactful more interesting so whenever you are using rule of thirds uh, try to make sure uh, the elements behind not playing on around the fo other focal points uh, unless you want to include them in your frame to tell the story the second composition technique is cut out the unnecessary elements so it's a it's a basic uh, composition techniques to start with so when we do photography and learning about the combustion techniques and how we can make the image look more interesting so cutting out the unnecessary elements is a key factor to make uh, image interesting by not presenting or not showing the elements which no look not looking uh, interesting or adding distraction in the frame so in the image example here you can see uh, some elements around around here are not adding much value here and it's causing kind of distraction in the image so your girl when composing photograph should be point to do something you want to viewer you want your viewer to look at what you are trying to show them one way you can do this by cutting out all the clutter of the world and just showing them what you want them to see so this is the one way of doing this and a few ways you can achieve this in photography including getting closure to your subject so other way would be we have to get closure we have to zoom into the subject so only the subject will be in the frame and other things will not be part of the frame using a long, longer focal length lens for a narrower field of view using depth of field is isolate is to isolate your subject from other elements in the scene so one way of that using wide aperture so it will give you shallow depth of field so anything in the background will be blurred out so in this image also you can see i kept that focal point point uh, focal uh, length like that and at a bit high because i was in the zoom lens and i also kept that uh, 
my aperture bit low so background will be blurred so all these combinations making the background blurred it's giving bokeh image to isolate your subject from the elements in the scene or using shadow to hide the things that do not contribute to the mess- message you are trying to give so if you have a, a subject in a shadow area so if you are placing or getting an image in that angle where shadow is hiding the elements which you don't want to include so you can include that include that uh, in your frame so where the shadow will play a role to tell the message but also hide the unnecessary elements so that's the final image we will have uh after cutting out the unnecessary elements so this uh, final work looks more interesting and more clean presentation here when we compare to that uh, actual image without doing any uh, cropping of unnecessary elements that's how you can get a, a good result even with the frame which is having lot of distractions leading lines so this is very simple and very uh, very useful method for adding more impact in the image where it draw attention to the subject using lines in the frame lines that are simply graphic can be used to lead the viewer around your image these are called uh, leading lines so in this image you can see there are uh, i've used the web lines here so lines created using web so the more lines you have and the more it coming from the intersection point of rule of third the more interesting and impactful image it will be and here i i make sure the lines uh, reaching to the web and uh, two lines uh, one from the top and one from the below corner coming from the somewhere around this intersection point of rule of third so i'm using both uh, here my image was uh, ideally crafted and uh, composed in a way i place the lines around rule of thirds and the subject is in the center it's still it's looking interesting because of leading line i'm using so when you don't want your subject to be in the corner around for rule of thirds you can use the leading lines and keep the subject in the middle so when you are looking at the scene and uh, this and deciding how to compose it consider what your subject is first and then consider what elements in the scene might draw that viewer towards the subject so you have to look at the whole scene and try to find what elements you want to include which can consider to be leading to the subject so like the lines uh, creating with the uh, lines created with the branches lines created with the roads so all these methods you can use so if you find anything which which can be used as a leading line you can include it in your frame so can you find a receding lines uh, like a fence that draws you to the old house on the hill maybe there's a crack in the concrete leading to a flower growing at the base of the wall the viewers i will naturally follow the lines so they can be very useful in directing people to what you want them to look at so it's very useful technique and it may it add some dimension in the image overall uh, if you are you able to use the lines uh, to draw attention to the subject so this is the first line see 
the second line and the third line so all lines uh, we have our eyes follow all the lines and when they reach it's reach around the subject so that's how the leading line can help you uh, get the subject uh, in around in the center and not um, much concerning about uh, keeping a subject on the rule of third repetition it's a very creative composition where we find some elements or objects in a repetitive manner so evenly spaced identical very similar objects can be arranged to create repetitive patterns in your photographs things like fence posts the lines of pedestrian crossing and orchard of trees so if you have find a line of trees so that can also create a repetitive passion uh, pattern anything that can be arranged into a repeating pattern can bring a great intensity to a photograph so if you find any element of pattern which is repeating it can add more impact it create some, some kind of harmony uh, in the overall frame image and uh, it's a kind of creative work you can get it depending on the subject matter it may be calming uh, like a row of pillars uh, a building or alarming like endless rows of people walking in the time so if you find a row of people walking uh, that can be very alarming image so uh, it's not a very calm feeling image but if if row of pillars you find uh, in an architectural uh, an old heritage place uh, you can give impact of very calmness so that's uh, that's a kind of different uh, feel you can get based on the different subject in your frame but uh, we are just using the repetitive uh, repetition composition techniques so this is the this example is a leaf i, I found it's a giving very good uh, patterns of repetition so you can see they are they are in the same manner and same uh, repeating in the same uh, pattern so that's how you can get it so if you find group of uh, objects elements uh, similar uh, you can add it and in your composition and that will add more dimension to your uh, photography creating layers one technique for adding depth uh, to your image to our image is layering the things over the top of other things uh, simply put you can cover part of your frame with the something closer to the camera in order to give the illusion of depth so if you see the this image here i i kept this person in front with purpose to add some depth in the image and uh, my focus was in the person giving some action and the shop behind uh, the uh, subject so which is also part of frame it's a giving a, it's a storytelling image and i want that uh, viewer to feel the whole story and feel some depth also around that time so it's a it's a giving good impact uh, to eyes and uh, we are using a 2d image and giving a 3d impression here with this technique so it's very useful in the nature photography it's very useful you can have some branches or trees in front in wildlife photography it's very uh, useful so something closer to the camera in order to give illusion of depth you can use the leaves of a tree frame in couple in the park 
empty juice glasses while the server pours the fresh ones in the background so uh, you have must have seen the editorials in the magazines where these uh, examples are very visible or an audience listening to the speaker on stage at the corporate event can make a good frame that doesn't simply show the speaker out of the context so you are you are taking a frame from behind the speaker and adding audience to the frame so it can add more impact they'll not be clearly visible but it will add impact in the overall uh, image all of these things uh, not only fill the frame with interesting elements they further uh, the story you are trying to tell so it'll express the story around the time and add more values so conclusion here is uh, these are not, not the only elements or uh, composition there are many but uh, if you start working on these you will definitely get a benefit of this in your future uh, composition which you will learn later so these are the basic compositions which i can include in this uh, photography workshop so, uh, i have full flash workshops also in line uh, to include all the composition techniques that is a full flash uh, lengthy workshop so i can say one day workshop uh, soon i'll go to publish it so these are only the uh, that much of topic i can cover in this workshop i hope uh, there are some points for actionable uh, actionable points for you and if you follow the same then you will definitely feel that you are better photographer than before so in this image you can see the first elements i can say is the, the wave standing in front the second will be my subject and the third layer will be the background in the shop so these three layers i used here and focus i kept the focus on the subject in the middle okay so we'll just see few uh, uh, few things about the sort photo recovery software here so because we are collaborating with the stellar and stellar is a photo recovery software organization where they provide a pack program to recover your deleted images so at times when we are using these storage media devices we can accidentally damage or delete the data or somehow files are corrupted so luckily we have the tools uh, which can recover the data uh, in a such situation where we lost the data uh, accidentally um, and the files get corrupted so this is the stellar uh, photo recovery software it's a freely available for one month and uh, you can buy it if you like it so we'll see that few features and functions available in this software so it can uh, recover a photo which deleted so recovers deleted photo video audio files from empty recycle bin and devices such as dslr so even on the computer it can help you recover the files and if you have deleted from your memory card then also it will it will be able to help you recover the deleted files So you can see the various devices it supports: uh, DSLR cameras, hard, hard drives, smartphones, SSDs, uh, digital cameras, memory cards, CF cards, CD DVDs. Uh, supports it. It can uh, recover raw file formats of cameras. So these are the file formats and uh, dev storage devices it supports. 
recover from formatted drive so if your hard drive is formatted so it still have ability to recover the lost data recovers from formatted memory cards hard drives pen drives and other devices performs deep scan to recover every bit of lost or deleted photo and video feature especially helpful in case of severely corrupted volume and storage media so if your hard drive is completely gone still uh, you can uh, use this software to get it recover recover photos uh, videos uh, and audio files for drive that had bad sector so if someone is technical here and they understand what is bad sector so bad sector is nothing but a uh, some uh, part in the hard drive which get corrupted which cannot be read or write uh, which cannot uh, uh, which cannot be accessed on the computer so so it's a kind of unusable hard drive in that part so allows you to create image of the drive so that you can recover the data from the image in case the drive gets corrupted also works smoothly with high storage capacity media up to 60 6 TB capacity so it also support uh, very high uh, capacity drives like 6 TB drive is a very high capacity it can all, it can still recover the data sd card recovery recovers photo video audio file uh, from corrupted sd cards memory cards hard drives so what we have learned in the previous uh, slides and that it can recover the uh, deleted file from various file uh, device formats the software supports media cards all of the renowned uh, camera brands including sony nikon canon samsung kodak epson olympus uh, panasonic and so on and supports done drone camera also it also supports drone cameras uh, so if you are using drone camera and you lost uh, the images in the sd card you can still recover it so rating i gave this software rating 4.5 uh, because uh, the thing is when we software can delete software can recover the deleted media files virtually on any kinds and hard drives but the, the but the point here is when we start re recovery in the final phase uh, you can't cancel it that's the only one uh, point i can take in out from my rating rest it is very good software and you can try it and if some if you want the software copy you can just mail me and i'll get you a license uh, for that and even a free copy you want so just mail me i'll get it done for you and you can test it and if you find good then you can contact seller directly also so thank you for your participation so this will be our discussion uh, session now so you can unmute yourself and you can ask any questions so we'll try to help you and with a detailed discussion and i hope you like it so whatever we have gone through in the chat box so you can type in your questions hi sumit this is samir yes can you hear hi, me hi sumit yeah. so sumit uh, can you give an example on iso when exactly we make it more higher and uh, so maybe an example yeah. where we have to increase iso so uh, increasing iso has some drawbacks but 
some example where we have yeah. to use higher iso so there will be conditions where we have to use iso like uh, capturing milky ways so you must have heard uh, capturing milky ways so you know yes. we start trailing uh-huh. yeah start trails uh, and uh, we need to find a place where there is no lights that's the prerequisite so uh-huh. many people go to ladakh in india so mm-hmm. there we can easily capture the milky ways and the requirement here is the starting point when we say for iso that is 3200 so 3200 iso is the starting point to capture the uh, galaxy milky way star trails you can say so okay. that's the starting points and you have to have high iso that's the example i can recall and other will be uh you're capturing a lighting uh, you're in a night photography and you want to capture who the lights particles coming from the backgrounds so then also you can ca- you can have some high iso so it will sense the light even from the farthest end but that will be give you some creative work only so it's it's up to you how you want to use it and how you can get the creative effect uh, with high iso okay and in second point what uh... i wanted to ask more is uh, how to use the af point selection more effectively maybe so we have af point selection criteria mm-hmm. but uh, what is uh, if you could give little bit more uh, elaboration how to use them effectively uh focus point you are asking focal yes yes af focus points yeah focal points i to keep uh, i try to keep it uh, somewhere around 911 because uh-huh. uh, the more focal point you will add uh, so there will be most of the focal points will be weak focal points so as i said before during the workshop the center focal point will be the strongest one so focal point around will be uh, stronger but not strong enough compared to the center one so try to keep it around 911 combination so 11 focal point i used to i usually have Uh, in my camera but most of the time i'll be using uh, afs only single focal point so it doesn't matter how many focal point you have on your device enabled as a grouping but uh, if you are not in continuous focusing mode uh, the single focal point will be only activated so that's why we call it as a afs uh, i hope it is clear focal point so some there is a questions uh, coming here uh, how to capture light trails on the road uh, when the traffic is good so uh, when we are ca- trying to capture light trails it's uh, it's only about uh, long exposure and how we can have it by keeping the shutter speed uh, little bit on the longer side so like a uh, few seconds uh, the starting point will be around 5 seconds i should say or 2 seconds sometime work when the traffic is uh, running very high speed so you have to judge it that which speed is giving you good effect so starting point will be 2 3 seconds then go 5 6 seconds so it's like that the more uh, longer exposure you will have the more smooth lines you will see on the traffic so that's how we capture light trails and if you have little bit high iso you can capture ambient light also including that would be the one of the factor to use little bit high iso and the best time for capturing light trail uh, 
as per my study is the somewhere around blue hours golden golden hours blue hours when you can get some light from the sky uh, if you are in the blue hours it will show good blue effect on the sky Okay, there is a question coming here. When uh, when I take a photograph of an event taking place on stage, the focus lights uh, in yellow. On what setting I should use on my camera? So when you see the images coming with yellow because of the lighting condition on stage, so there is a very good answer for that. Uh, always try to shoot in raw raw file because in raw file your camera will. capture the image how it looks on reality but you can correct the color uh, temperature in the post processing so try to capture it the image in the uh, raw file raw, raw file format only that's the priority for that and you can correct the color condition the what uh, uh, color temperature you like to see in your final work or if you want you can manipulate the color temperature in your uh, sh during shoot during shooting also but it will uh, it will not give you uh, much help here because that is only for your friends what you what you want to see from the uh, camera but uh, in the raw file format the image will look differently what you see in the reality so don't rely on that so just focus on capturing the moment and when you get when you get captured the moment you can play with the uh, white balance in the post processing to get the quality what you are looking for yeah. okay while shooting the light trails uh, there is a burst of light uh, at particular spot how to work with that so try to find an angle where you will you can avoid that so that could be the that could be the only best option to avoid i can understand we will see the burst of light and it's making very uh, this kind of distraction so that you can avoid by changing the angles find a different angle find some different perspective you will see that a burst uh, that spot will be less uh, having less impact that what would be the only option or you can uh, when we do layers light trail or long exposure we try to keep the iso at low to get some uh, uh, details around it uh, the light so it's not over exposure so whenever i do uh, my steel wool photography i start with iso 100 or iso 200 i can go for but uh, i start with the lowest one only uh, if there is not much capturing in the ambient that will give you more clean image and uh, let me show you uh, the few flash i have just for example so these are the two flashes so you can see one flash uh, is uh, having just buttons only so this is manual flash uh, from digitech and the other flash is a ttl flash so ttl flash having different buttons here 
these are the just samples just to show you how it looks like so normal manual flash and a TTL flash and this is, this is the shutter release button I usually use uh, for long exposure so I don't I don't uh, shake the camera during the long exposure like the capturing the trail light rails and all yes sir so uh, someone speaking yeah Sumit this is Jitin uh, Sumit I have Canon uh, Rebel 70i and I have a basic lens 1855mm and I want to buy a new lens uh, which is uh, for a longer range so what would be the recommendation for that uh, whenever someone starting photography and they look for a new lens uh, I always advise uh, try to uh, keep things a bit clear before uh, upgrading yourself because uh, if a photography is your passion or a, your uh, we can say just a hobby or you want you want to just uh, do photography just for personal purpose and not looking much beyond that so there are different uh, uh, conditions or the things you should keep in mind so whenever you are looking for a photography as a passion and you think that you may not upgrade later you can work with the crop sensor device and the lenses but if you are th if you think that you can make it uh, grow and you are working to improve so then i always required uh, mentioned or ask you to buy a lens uh, which supports a full frame but in canon there is a limitation the limitation is that uh, lens which is working on crop sensor body will not work on the full uh, full frame body so you have to look at in that way and the starting point lens i always advise to buy 7300 7300 the lens will give you liberty to work uh, with the 70 mm and at the lo longer focal length 300 mm so starting point will will be your uh, 7300 as a first choice to buy a new lens after a kit. Okay, yeah, thank you. So, what is starting? Someone asked, uh, What is start uh, entry level flash to start with? Maybe the practice and then go for higher, and also recommend some tripods for higher end lenses. Okay, so multiple questions in one. So starting point for uh, flash, uh, there is nothing much like that. Starting point. Uh, I always advise you to start with the manual flash. So manual flash are very cheaper. I bought it somewhere around 4000. This is the Digitech manual flash. So this flash comes in around for 4000 only. There are many amazing photos I've taken of still life photography using manual flash only. So I didn't buy expensive flashes. But recently I bought uh, one uh, Godox uh, flash V860 because uh, those flashes coming very high cost. So uh, I got it somewhere around 11,000. And but the thing is the, the quality, the light quality will be far improved. The softness you will feel. Uh, in the Godox flash, you will never get in that manual flash. So that's the limitation, but you can work with, depends on work you are doing. Because in my glass photography, I use manual flash. I know that uh, I need some highlights there. So the softness I'm not looking for, I'm looking for highlights. So initially it helped me, but when I upgraded my flash, I see 
the details on the edges also improving so that's how the flash can uh, a good quality flash can make a difference in the quality of image but uh, it's better idea always start with the manual flash because that will give you more control and you can raise the level level up or level down to get the quality so once you feel comfortable and you want to upgrade the flash then buy for some ttl flash godox is the best i i got across and quality is really good and the next question was that maybe best practice and then go for the higher also recommend tripods so tripod recommendation the tripod is is based on the device what you have lenses what you are using so the loads is the capacity uh, holding loading capacity is the capacity is the decide what kind of tripod you should use so i with the tripod which i have uh, it's a vanguard ab235 its loading capacity is 6 kg so 6 kg for me is sufficient but when i have a very uh, long longer focal length lens like 600 mm something so the i may need a, uh, other tripod which can have good capacity and loading capacity for that lens so it's the lens weight which decides and body weight device body weight lens weights all this come into play and whenever buying a tripod try to make sure you get tripod which can hold weight above than what you what you are going to put on so if you think the lens weight or the body weight will be 6 kg then buy a tripod can hold a weight of 8 kg so it's keeping in mind in the future if you are upgrading a device or a lens can you please the initiation for post editing yes i am working on uh, i've already done few uh, demo sessions so there will be full flash session for post processing uh, for photoshop and uh, lightroom so that will be the complete post processing session i will have someone shared a link i am not sure what is that link all about i'll check it later try to keep the questions only uh, in the comments so uh, the links i can check later and i may get back to you okay hangs been what kind of setting to get this picture uh, someone uh, someone shared a link and asking to for the feedbacks so best advice i can give you just send me the link of your image or the image itself on my mail id and i'll definitely i'll give you feedback and get back to you and i'm also running a fa- facebook group paradise of photographer and there is a uh, parallel review group for same so if you can join that group uh, you may have better place for all the review and feedback you can find the group link on my profile page uh, on my facebook profile you can easily find the group link so that will be the correct way to uh, get a feedback on your work um instagram my my handle for instagram and for facebook is the same sumit photo world and uh, that slides i will share with you and, and you will find all the great all the all the links with the details so everything you will get Uh, with the document, I'll share the slide in the PDF file format. 
so don't worry so some there, there are few who asked me about that they want this uh, presentation you will definitely get it so whoever joined this uh, zoom meeting uh, i'll get the details from my account and you'll get the email with the uh, video recording and pdf of this file Sumit, just out of curiosity, I visited your uh, uh, website, and the first picture which catch my eye is it's a black and white picture. Uh, one side is completely dark, and the another is uh, you know completely white. So just want to understand: is it the uh, captured picture or it's modified? Like you have edited uh, it, and uh, because it's, it's so amazing, it's it's really amazing. Uh, the boy picture you are talking about. Ah uh, no, it's it's like a, a kind of a glass. Ah, uh, you have taken a picture from uh, top. I guess you just put that somewhere. Else. Glass, and which we are talking about, the glass reflection. Yes. Where one side is black, other is. Yes, yes, that's correct. Yeah, for that, uh, it's a very easy technique. I put one sheet, ah, uh, dark dark sheet, black sheet. I can say, ah, uh, just in uh, around the glass. to cover it and make it dark uh, make make it uh, dark because uh, when i do my glass photography i have to get i have to get the light in a way it will not create reflections so in my still life photography i covered the topic how we can get the glass uh, images without any reflection so that's the part of it so the thing is you have to get the light uh, and uh, the part only which where light is showing it will become bright it will become white yeah so that is the only idea behind it okay, and right. even even i use the technique in different genres also and the th- the idea will be you are making your light will be coming from the one side if it's coming from the one side it will make that side brighter and other side will be darker so it's widely used in portrait work also when i can when i converted that image into black and white that makes uh, that gives good contrast in black and white as a beginner which dslr would you recommends uh, whenever someone ask me this question i always advise uh, nikon d3400 because in the recent time i've seen that device results and uh, they are amazing actually and some, because when i compared to my my own beginner device i started with d3100 in uh, 2011 and uh, the result is really awesome when i compare both devices then and now and nowadays the technology is really high and even the beginner device giving good results so if you are a good passionate photographer you will feel more enthusiastic when the results coming good the key advice to any photographer i always give just keep the things simple the and work only what the device can you know, offer you the limitation you should know the where the limit ends so if you know where the what is the limit for your lens for your device uh, you will re- really definitely get good results and you will understand that uh, this is your limit and you can play within the limit and uh, amazing results you will start getting uh, are you nikon user yes uh, uh, why far i am a nikon user only uh, i have still not decided to move into canons i am working with the nikon devices so only information i can give help you about nikon any experience with the 1000 sorry and i can, the more more experience i have is about dslr device uh, i currently own a d750 nikon d750 
the D3500, D3500 crop sensor device, um, uh, which lens uh, actually depends. The lens, uh, when, we, when we talk about selecting lens, it's always about what kind of photography what we, we are going to do. If you are more interested in street photography, portrait work, then better to use a 50mm lens. It's a cheaper lens uh, for crop sensor and it can give you better result. Good quality images, you will get it. Prime lens always give better quality than the zoom lens. That's the key, key factor when selecting lenses. But uh, to cover all the genres, then uh, you can go with the 7300 uh, crop sensor lens that will give you whole range DSLR or which is best DSLR is always best because uh, DSLR can give you more creative results than the digital one and nowadays digital cameras also coming with a function of DSLR so it's very difficult to answer this question uh, it's up to you how you want to how you want uh, to take your photography going forwards because when we talk about digital uh, camera and DSLR DSLR means uh, we are going to do some uh, upgradation in the going forward like we are going to use different lenses different accessories you will have for the DSLR for the digital and Digital devices I most seen with the street photographers. Street photographers prefer to have one uh, zoom point and shoot camera always with them. So it's all about what kind of photography you are going to do in future. Select your device accordingly. If you're looking for a model for nature photography or natural pick, what the participant is asking. As a beginner, start with the crop sensor device. When you are getting comfortable with your device, you can think of upgrading the device. It will make a difference of that full frame device. It will capture the frame as it is, where how it looks like or how it can give us a complete image. In crop sensor, it will be zoom in. 1.5 factor will come into play. So anything, any image which you want to capture, it will give you 1.5 factor of zoom in. So there will be condition places where you don't want that factor then the then the uh, full frame body will come into play full frame body will give you more better quality because they don't they don't uh, we can say the zoom the image or uh, enlarge the frame the, that's why the quality also improved with the full frame body so i have fuji film fine Pixel, HCR, Zoom is okay for my hobby photography, or I can upgrade. Three thirty X Zoom is, I believe, is more than sufficient uh, if you want uh, to move into wildlife photography. Uh, then you may definitely need some uh, longer focal lens, lens, because in a in a safari when we go. Uh, it's a it's a demand that we should have a longer focal length because the animal will not be near to you and you don't want to be near to the uh, lion or tiger so you will be always at the distance but uh, there is a con there is a limitation uh, when we use any high focal uh, longer focal length lens like uh, 7300 when we talk about very entry level uh, longer for uh, zoom lens uh, 300 mm you are on so there will be limitation for the focal 
so you have to be at some five feet away from the subject so that's the minimum distance you should contain so all lenses will will have their minimum distance from the device so when your subject and your device you should have five feet when you are 300 mm and this will increase when you are increasing the focal length so if you are in 600 mm lens then the distance will be somewhere around 10 feet and above 10 to 20 feet so that's how the uh, difference uh these device will come into picture with a longer focal length so select your length uh, focal length accordingly if you are buying a lakhs or rupees of lens and going into the field and you are reaching its subject very near you will not be able to focus so what is the benefit of getting it so you should understand that what what would be the distance uh, for you to between the subject and then select your focal length uh, for the lens all lens will have their all uh, minimum distance uh, and you can find in their man manuals but digital camera the the uh, this theory will totally change in digital camera when we talk about because they have uh, optical zoom so it doesn't matter that where what is your distance it can zoom in but uh, the quality uh, you may not get it at that 30x zoom which you will get at the normal but optical zoom is always preferred that's why optical zoom uh, gets you the quality uh, the good quality image at the optical zoom which you will not get otherwise as a beginner which lens better for macro photography as a beginner for macro photography you can get extension tube with 50 mm lens 50 mm is really giving good result when you are using 50 mm lens with extension tube there are some attachments also lens attachments available in the market you can find it easily in the attach lens attachments and that will be cost somewhere around 10000 9000 and with the 50 mm lens you will get amazing macro work want to do wild photography which lens are makes the pics more clearly clarity in any situation in the forest uh, when when we talk about wild photography it's only uh, the from the nikon it's a, it's a the most famous device is d500 d500 is a crop sensor body but it's a professional level professional level crop sensor body you will have and uh, the recommended lens will be the 200 500 mm and if you have 200 500 mm on a crop sensor body like a d500 you will get amazing results i have seen the results and they are really amazing and 500 mm will become 750 on the crop sensor just imagine that uh, the quality work you will get it, it's really sharp tech tech sharp images i've seen on the device and make sure when you are buying a device and looking for a lens uh, all uh, all lens have their compatibility factors so look for that compatibility chart first uh, when you are selecting a lens that if it's fully compatible with your device someone asked question that uh, uh, want to take better pictures in any situation in a forest 
when we when we when we use terms like this in any situation in a forest it means uh, we are talking about different light conditions so in different light conditions you have to work with the your iso if the light condition is not good you have to raise iso and high end device really good really give good results even in high iso you have to test it you try to capture images in different light condition different iso level and judge it that which iso level can be easily treated in the post processing and please uh, do submit your feedback on my website uh, and on the event website who has enrolled through the all events uh, event website you can just submit your review there also and you on my website i feel more uh, actually satisfied when someone said that it is helping because i've got feedback even after my session that uh, they are following some tips and tricks uh, from this session and the knowledge and they are feeling more uh, confident on their device yeah that's true uh, so so that was uh, just 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 last one uh, like uh, i was just browsing through uh, your website uh, where you have posted photos and all mm-hmm. will there be any like uh, session uh, like uh, post where if we po- uh, post our comment there or if any guiding tips uh, if you could include over there uh, that will definitely help us uh, it's a uh, the tutorials or blogs you are talking about yeah anything with respect to that blogs uh, blogs i actually i'm working on blog part okay because the uh, last one month i was just completely working on developing my website so now it's fully ready just last week only i completed my website uh, in full uh, full flow so okay. now it's completely ready so i can concentrate on my other activities so soon you will see my video tutorials and my theory tutorials also uh, on my blog uh, website i have blog section Yeah. So definitely you'll see, and you can put your feedback with the comments. What kind of topic you are looking for? So I can keep it in my list. So you will see in the uh, working goals in the future articles. Yeah, definitely. That's the that's the only reason asking for feedbacks. So you yeah, can yeah. get that uh, get it what you want. Yeah. Yes, thanks. Most welcome. A Sunday worth spent actually. I learned something new today. Yeah. <laughs> Recently I bought the camera and like uh, I was really struggling. Like till date I was using on uh, auto mode only because whenever I switch to any other mode, uh, you know I'm struggling a lot. So this session will definitely help, and I will definitely you know uh, utilize the knowledge which I have acquired. So yeah, thanks, thanks for all the help. That's right.